Hello there. Welcome to the Africa Rights Talk Podcast, a center for human rights podcast series exploring a range of human rights issues through conversations with academics, practitioners, and activists. I am your host, Victoria Amici. Let's dive in. much for joining us on this episode where we are commemorating the 10 years of the modern law and access to information for Africa and we have been running this podcast where we bring in experts on the right of access to information in Africa to reflect on the 10 years of the modern law and access to information for Africa so welcome my name is Lengi Wedube I'm with the Center for Human Rights here at the University of Pretoria and I'm heading the expression information and digital rights unit of the center. And today we are joined by Honorable Commissioner Topsisonu, who is the current Special Rapporteur on Freedom of Expression on Access to Information for Africa. So welcome, Commissioner. Thank you very much, Dube. Good morning to you and good morning to everyone. Thank you. So, Commissioner, as we start, just introduce yourself and also take us through what the Special Mechanism on Freedom of Expression and Access to Information is about. I'm Girish Hatopsisonu. I'm a commissioner at the African Commission on Human and People's Rights. And I am uh, currently, for the last two years, a special rapporteur on freedom of expression and access to information. So basically, what does that uh, mandate do? Well, usually we promote uh, freedom of expression in Africa and all African states, uh, as most African states are parties to the African Charter. And we are also in the process of promoting access to information. As you probably know, access to information was added to the mandate of a special rapporteur, so that now the special rapporteur looks after both freedom of expression and access to information. And we also know that the mandate has been around for a while, since 2004, and it's going to be 20 years next year. And uh, in 2007, the access to information, as you rightly say, component was was added. So now it, it has that. But when you're looking at the right of access to information, maybe just tell us about this right and why is it important? Well, the right to access to information is a very important fundamental human right. In Africa, it is understood in the context of Article 9 of the African Charter on Human and People's Rights, which guarantees individuals the right to receive information, to express and disseminate information. This right is also enshrined in Article 19 of the International Covenant on uh, Human and Civil and Political Rights. The right of access to information is an important tool for promoting accountability and transparency in Africa. It is a gateway right which is essential for ensuring the effective realizations of all other human rights, particularly social economic rights. As noted in the model law on access to information in Africa, access to information holds the promise of fostering good governance, enhancing transparency, accountability, and greater participation of the populace in public affairs by exposing corruption, maladministration and mismanagement of resources, increased transparency and accountability is likely to lead to better management of public resources. 
an improvement of the enjoyment of social economic rights and also it helps to contribute to eradicate underdevelopment on the African continent. Yes, the, the mandate has um, uh, come up with normative standards to promote access to information in, in Africa. Maybe just take us through those uh, normative standards that have been developed by the African Commission. So the African Commission, first of all, developed the Model Law on Access to Information for Africa in 2017, which provides the normative standards to guide state parties of the African Charter on human and people's rights in their development and adoption of access to information laws in fulfillment of their obligations under the Charter. Additionally, there was the Declaration of Principles on Freedom of Expression in Africa in 2002, which elaborated six key principles on access to information. And then we have a revised Declaration on Principles on Freedom of Expression and Access to Information in 2019, which vastly expanded the number of principles relating to access to information. Furthermore, we have the Guidelines on Access to Information and Elections in Africa, adopted in 2017, which highlights the importance of access to information during the electoral process. And it serves as a means of strengthening the democratic governance in Africa. Lastly, the African Commission adopted a number of resolutions related to the access to information, namely Resolution 166 on the deteriorating situation of freedom of expression and access to information in Africa, adopted during the 47th Ordinary Session, during which the Commission noted the deteriorating state of freedom of expression and access to information in Africa. And we also have Resolution 167 on securing the effective realization of access to information in Africa, adopted during the 47th Ordinary Session, in which again the Commission noted that existing legislative provisions on the African continent are used by governments, either directly or indirectly, to restrict the right of access to information in their countries. This resolution mandated the elaboration of the aforementioned modern law. So let's let's just talk about the model law itself specifically. Um, why did the Commission come up with the model law on access to information for Africa? Usually a model law details uh, the provisions which embody national, international, regional or sub-regional standards on a particular subject, developed for the purpose of facilitating state parties into its adoption in national legislation. The Commission recognized the need for such a model law in view of the constraints that may hamper the ability of state parties to draft access to information legislation so that it meets global best practices. And then on the model law now, what are some of the principles that it seeks to, to advance itself? I, we see the rationale, but what are the principles that it, we should know about or that it's, it is advancing? In Article 3, the main uh, principles are that every person has the right to access information of public bodies and relevant private bodies expeditiously and inexpensively. The second principle is that every person has the right to, to access information of private bodies that may assist in the exercise or protection of any right expeditiously and inexpensively. Thirdly, this act and any act or law, policy, or practice creating a right of access to information must be interpreted and applied on the basis of a presumption of disclosure. Non-disclosure 
is permitted only in exceptional and justifiable circumstances. Information holders must accede to the authority of the oversight mechanism in all matters relating to access to information. And any refusal to disclose information is subject to appeal. Public bodies and relevant public bodies are, must proactively publish information. And finally, no one is subject to any sanction for releasing information in good faith. Additionally, the model law notes the following principles. Information holders are required to create, organize, and keep information. This addresses the poor recording-keeping culture in Africa. Requests for information can be made in writing, but can also be made orally, in which case the information officer must assist the requester in reducing the request in writing. And also there are no fees that are payable for accessing information, only the cost of reproduction of a requested information and whether information is requested by an indigent person, the reproduction fee is to be waived. And there is also finally the 48-hour rule information disclosure, where information requested for the purpose of safeguarding life or liberty of a person must be provided within 48 hours. These are the broad principles that are in the modern law. Yes, thank you, Commissioner. So now the model law has been around for 10 years now. We should be talking about impact now, seeing like uh, what influence it has had. Maybe if you can take us through what you think has been the impact of the model law. So what has happened is that most countries still have old laws which do not reflect the provisions of the model law. Furthermore, there are still challenges uh, about uh, state parties that have implemented the model law, such as the uh, appointment of an independent oversight mechanism. There has been movement in Malawi, Kenya and other countries in Africa. The Gambia has adopted access to information laws in 2021, which largely adheres to the principles contained in the model law. South Africa is on its way there, but with uh, ongoing developments to reflect the model law on access to information. There has been also progress in East Africa and South Africa and some countries in West Africa, such as Senegal, but there has been a slow response in terms of access to information practices in countries, especially with state parties leading in enactment of laws that inhibit the access to information, such as computer misuse and cybercrime laws. And the, there are also clawback provisions. And I will cite Section 23 of Kenya's Computer Misuse and Cybercrimes Act. So um, we definitely see that in some instances, there have been very positive uh, developments. And, uh, you know, I think you mentioned like the Gambia, uh, Malawi, that, you know, contains some of the uh, provisions that are in the model law, but there are also challenges and we are also um, um, being made aware that, you know, there is an, an ongoing process in South Africa to align their laws with, with the law with the model law. So in terms of challenges that exist in terms of, you know, improving the access to information landscape on the continent, what are some of those challenges that uh, you can bring to our attention? So one of the challenges is the national security concerns of national states. And this has been a big driver in the slow adoption of access to information-friendly laws and the implementation of the model laws in most African countries. 
There is also a lack of political will to adopt laws permit the right of access to information. And that has seen an undue delay in, uh, in the adoption of access to information bills by various states. There is also a lack of awareness of the importance of these rights. And also there has been a failure to adopt and appoint independent oversight mechanisms mandated to monitor implementation of access to information laws. There is also finally a lack of reporting uh, to the African Commission on the promotion and protection of access to information in by state parties and other stakeholders, which hampers the ability of the Commission to effectively advocate for this right that is access to information. Okay, so when we look at the vulnerable and marginalized groups and the frameworks that currently exist in the states, um, do you think that these frameworks are inclusive enough to cater for these vulnerable and marginalized groups' needs? The model law only references people with disabilities. There is no mention of a vulnerable groups such as women, indigenous, rural communities. This can be contrasted with a revised Declaration of Principles on Freedom of Expression and Access to Information, which recognizes, and I quote, the need to protect and promote the right to freedom of expression and access to information of marginalized groups and groups that face multiple discrimination, including women, children, persons with disabilities, older persons, sexual and gender minorities, refugees, internally displaced persons. In my view, this is a gap in the model law because this language on the protection of vulnerable or marginalized groups ensures that state parties are mindful to the need to ensure protection of these groups. For example, for a quick perusal of access to information legislation in Gambia, it can be observed that this law includes language regarding persons with disabilities. However, there is no mention of other vulnerable groups. Similarly, the legislation in, in Ghana does not include any language on any vulnerable group. Accordingly, states should endeavor to ensure equitable access to information of all vulnerable or marginalized groups. Yes, indeed. Um, I think we should do more around the, the focus on vulnerable and marginalized groups so that we meet the demand that is on, on the access to information uh, declaration that, you know, information should be available to everybody without any discrimination. Back to the 2019 uh, declaration now and some of its provisions around digital technologies and also the use of uh, uh, social media, which has become very popular. Do you think that these developments around technology, um, you know, are they contributing to the right of access to information in, in Africa? So the 2019 declaration specifically recognizes the role of new digital technologies in the realization of the rights to freedom of expression and access to information, and the role of open government data in fostering transparency, efficiency, and innovation. Undoubtedly, digital technologies have provided enhanced means for which information may be relayed and accessed more easily. However, the rise of digital technology has also given rise to the proliferation of disinformation, malinformation and fake news. In this regard, state parties have a responsibility to address disinformation and ensure accurate access to credible and uh, uh, true information. 
So let's briefly reflect on implementation. We know a number of countries have, you know, enacted access to information laws. But in terms of implementation, what do you think are some of the challenges that they face as far as implementation is concerned? So as I have stated earlier, there is a lack of political will to adopt and effectively implement access to information principles. Also, there are limited resources that uh, hamper the need to set up uh, access to information laws and these uh, the limited resources to set up institutions and the implementation of access to information principles. There is also le- existing legislation, which uh, are old legislation which limit the right of access to information. And also there is a limited number of national legislation on access to information in Africa, which uh, have not adopted the model law. Um, so in terms of the, the commission itself and initiatives around promoting the model law, what has been the commission uh, done or what is the commission doing in terms of promoting the, the model law on the continent? So the African Commission has utilized the state reporting mechanism provided in Article 462 of African Charter to request relevant state parties to provide information on existing access to information laws, concluding observations adopted following consideration of these reports often include recommendations to the state parties to adopt access to information laws in accordance with the standards provided in the model law. Furthermore, the good offices of uh, the Special Rapporteur were extended to a number of state parties through advocacy visits, which popularized the model law. These uh, state visits included to a number of countries, namely Kenya, Seychelles, Malawi and Mauritius. So there are a number of institutions on the continent, Commissioner, that have been established to oversee implementation of, you know, access to information in, in their jurisdictions. Um, you know, I, I know in Kenya, there is the Commission on Administrative Justice. Um, in South Africa, there is the Information Regulator. In Zimbabwe, the mandate falls within the Media Commission. So they exist in different forms. Do you liaise with those institutions? And to what extent do you work with those institutions? Well, the mechanism has benefited from the collaboration of regulatory bodies on access to information. For example, the Information Commissioner of the Republic of Tunisia participated in the development of a revised declaration. My mechanism will continue to reach out to these institutions and regulatory bodies mandated to promote and protect access to information, as these are crucial stakeholders at state level regarding the right to access information. And I would seize this opportunity to also invite these regulatory bodies and institutions to come to the special mechanism and so that we can work together to further promote access to information in Africa. Yes, indeed. I also see an opportunity where the mandate can also work with the the African Network of Information Commissioners um, as well. But, um, you know, there are those countries that have uh, probably not made use of the model law or utilized the model law. What do they stand to gain if they utilize the model law? What is your advice to those countries that have not yet, you know, engaged with the model law? Well, the model law is a guide and it has standards in it which uh, recognize uh, regional, sub-regional and international standards regarding access to information standards. So um, the model law uh, aims to be a tool to, for access to information in Africa 
to stimulate public debate on access to information at national level. And it also uh, seeks to make stakeholders such as NGOs and human rights defenders. I encourage them to utilize the model law in their advocacy in relation to national legislation on access to information. So I would urge all state parties to look at the model law because these are the best practices everywhere. And then if they need to adapt it to their national environment, that can be done. And the commission through our special mechanism is also there to help them out to whatever difficulties they may have in nationalizing the model law and putting it in their national legislation. Indeed, uh, Commissioner. So I want us to reflect now on the Commission's experience itself. We have had like, challenges that states face and all that, but in terms of the, the Commission itself and advancing the right of, of access to information on the continent, what are some of those, what you can call like major challenges or your milestones, your landmark successes as far as promoting this right is concerned? So let me begin with the successes. In 2010, with the process of adoption of a model law began, only five states had adopted access to information laws. Since then, we have 20 states that had adopted access to information legislation. Furthermore, the elaboration of part two of the right to, of access to information in the revised declaration provided 11 principles on this important right, which further facilitates its promotion and protection. Challenges I have already touched upon is the slow pace of adoption of national legislation on access to information in Africa, the increasing reports of restrictions to the internet, blocking social media, platforms and other communication services, or alternatively slowing down the internet speeds in African countries. There is also a lack of reporting, consistent reporting on the promotion and protection of access to information by state parties. Thank you so much, Commissioners. As we are wrapping up this conversation on the mandate's work on access to information on the continent, the declaration is very clear as far as the obligation of the states is, is concerned, as far as access to information is concerned. Maybe if you can just restate what states need to do to create a conducive environment for the exercise of the right of access to information, particularly now that we are in the digital age. Yes, so state parties should adopt robust national legislation to promote and protect access to information. They should appoint an independent monitoring mechanism, which is adequately funded. In addition, there should be advocacy throughout the country in order to raise awareness on this legislation. Furthermore, states should consistently report to the African Commission on the legislative and other measures which have been taken to effect this uh, right, that is the right to access to information. With regards to the digital age, state parties should take concerted efforts to ensure provision of credible information in addition to combating disinformation and malinformation. Thank you so much, Commissioner, for taking us through, you know, the mandate on freedom of expression and access to information in Africa is we are commemorating the 10 years of the model law. So much has been done and there's so much to reflect on. And we are very glad that you have taken your time to reflect with us. And, you know, people out there wanted to hear the Commissioner's voice around these issues. And there we have it. Uh, thank you so much, Commissioner. 
Thank you very much, Jubif and the Center for Human Rights for having taken us through the, this interaction on the 10 years of the model law on access to information in Africa and the current state of access to information in Africa generally. Thank you very much and have a good day. You have just listened to the Africa Rights Talk podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Do not forget to subscribe to our YouTube channels, social media platforms such as Twitter and Instagram. Thank you for listening.